Welcome to Horror Strap. Hello, horror babies! This week we have a bonus episode coming at ya. So, given the eclectic nature of our bonus episodes, blanket spoiler warning for Behind Her Eyes and Schitt's Creek. Enjoy. But I gotta play my bar scene and then pretend like I'm at a bar. You're gonna do a bar scene? The thing you sent me where you can like Google essentially like bar noises or like pub noises. I have found so many of these and they're great. The one I sent you I think is my favorite just like you're at like an Irish pub. But there's one I think on the same channel that's like this is what the club would sound like in 2007 if you were inside of the bathroom. I love this. I just love sounds. This is great. I love it. That's great too because I know you told me that it's hard for you to read when you listen to music that has lyrics and I completely agree. And I'm not like a classical music person so I don't really even know where I would start or what I'd like. So I'm like that's just what I need is just some kind of background noise so I don't have to sit there with my own thoughts. Every once in a while when I play Dungeons and Dragons if we go into like a a like pub or like a bar or something I'll literally find like medieval like pub noises. They have a bunch specifically yeah that say like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah that's very fun. Speaking of Amityville Horror, did you ever see that documentary? I can't remember what it was called. It was one of the Glutz kids. Okay, so speaking of Danny, I love him. He's such an asshole. That's who Joe is. Oh, okay. Is that is that who the documentary was in? Did you see that documentary? I have watched it twice. I loved it. I love how they structure it because it shows the power of like how easy it is for a documentarian to like sway your view because they make it seem and I haven't seen it in a few years so I don't remember but they do make it seem like they're on his side until the very end where they're like hey would you take a lie detector test? Guess what? Is it that part? Yeah. That's my favorite scene. And then they flip the script and they show how he's just like yeah he's just crazy. That I think once I watched that I was like this is great. I did not have have a clear picture of Joe in my head and that's him. Just this like Long Island accent, kind of an asshole, but like once he sees a mother figure, that scene with him and Lorraine Morin, I was like, this is great. He just wants validation so bad and attention. And like, I kind of love this guy because I get where he's coming from. The part where they ask him about George and he's like, I'm glad he's dead. Like, yeah, this whole thing is about trauma. There are no fucking ghosts, man. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I have a lot to say about it's all I've thought about since December. <laughs> Have you watched Alan vs. Pharaoh yet? I have so much of my own trauma. That's fair. You can skip it. I know I'm going to watch it eventually because it does sound very interesting, but I'm like, this seems so triggering. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, honestly, yeah, it is pretty triggering. I think the third third episode, I think, might be worth a watch because it deals more with... Because I guess Woody Allen was trying to get custody. He was trying to get both Dylan and... Dylan, Moses, and I think Satchel, like three of the kids. Okay. When Amir Pharaoh like came out and was going to have people look into him for like the abuses but everything seems so damning I don't see how anyone could really support him anymore the third episode is very much based on the evidence that was manipulated the way that Woody Allen dragged Pharaoh in the media and she like refused to say anything because she cared more about the kids than she did how the public perceived her whereas Woody Allen was just trying to win like the public 
do they call it? The court of public opinion. There's one thing in particular that a bunch of doctors from Yale who were in charge of something or other, I can't remember the exact term, I'm not gonna put any of this in, but essentially they interviewed this little girl nine times. What? They had her relive it and retell yeah, her their, her story nine times, which is insane. And they brought on, like, the documentarians had brought on people that, like, worked in social work and worked around that time. And they're like, that's insane. Even in the 90s, you would never interview a child that many times. No, I feel like once is enough. Maybe twice to see if, like, the story changes. But that's still a nine-year-old. So, I mean, their brain's not fully developed. So maybe. I don't even know if she was nine. She might have been younger than that. I think she might have been like seven. But either way, she was really young. And when the final report came out, they were like, oh no, nothing happened. We could tell. But because there were three separate psychiatrists, psychologists or something, all their notes were destroyed. Hmm? They're just like, well, that's normal. And they got everyone, including like a judge, this is not normal. That's that's evidence. You can't destroy evidence that's not normal or else everyone would do it so that they could get off, uh, get away with all their crimes. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think there was somebody on it that said they went and talked to one of those three doctors and the doctor said, oh, she was definitely abused, but they destroyed my notes. Okay. And there was a social worker at the time, the year before was given, given an award that they never give to social workers because they were that good at their job. And then when they started looking into the case and they're like, it looks like abuse, they were fired. To the point they sued and got rehired because they're like, you fired this person for no reason. It is crazy. So the first two episodes are definitely very, very traumatic. The third episode deals a lot more with the court case. So I think that one might be, I mean, it's still a little traumatic, but... Yeah, the first two would be more interesting, though. Oh, no. The first two deal with so much with abuse... I mean, they all deal with abuse, but... Okay, so it was only three episodes, though, right? Is it done, or is it more? There's one more. Okay, there's four. Is Ronan Woody Allen's biological kid, or is that Frank's kid? Because he looks like Frank. He only has one bio kid, because Dylan was adopted, I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I can't remember. Was she born or adopted? Well, you're born still when you're... (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't remember if she was a bio kid or if she was adopted. Because I think they only had... Um, I think Satchel might have been the only kid they had biologically together. Although maybe Dylan was too. Yeah, I'm going to double check just while we're... Alan and Mia Farrow were in a relationship for 12 years. The two adopted Dylan and Moses and had one biological kid, Ronan. Are you sure? I don't... I'm going to look at a picture of Ronan Farrow because he does not look like Woody Allen. Hold on. This dude looks so much like Frank Sinatra. I don't, I don't buy it. Look at those eyes. What a messy thing. I know what's her face, the stepdaughter who was, you know, groomed and manipulated. She like came out and said that like Mia Farrow wasn't a great mother, but all her other kids were like, you're a liar. (laughs) And then Woody Allen is now suing. Is that the one that they like gave a bunch of money to was like you can have this settlement if you say nice things about Woody Allen I think Moses is the one who originally was like my mom is telling the truth Allen's lying but then changed his tune later okay so um, that was the one but Sunyi his like child bride yeah I was gonna ask about her are they still together yes that's upsetting she recently did an interview like when the show came out to be like well Mio Farah was terrible and blah 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 did I tell you about the Kathy Griffin video I watched where she she talked about meeting Woody Allen. Uh-oh. 
I'm on Kathy's side. It was just her describing, like, meeting him and how it was kind of like, like, he was really funny, but it was also kind of awkward because he introduced his wife as a joke to be like, this is my wife, Sunyi, my child bride. Oh my god. But, so, like, all this happens, and then the way she ended it, though, she was being interviewed on something, but she said, I can't put this in my act because of the way that the story ended. And it was because she said, Alan turned to me and said, oh, I feel so bad for my friend Bill Cosby. He's getting railroaded. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> All right, that's enough Woody Allen talk. Have I watched anything else? Not really. <laughs> Am I watching a series right now? I think I'm just catching up on, like, sitcoms. Did we talk about that? Oh, shit. I forget what it's called now. Tell Me Your Secrets. Had I finished that the last time we had talked? I think so. Well, I finished that, and it was basically Pretty Little Liars for adults. I don't regret watching it. It was very fun, and... Would you say it's a recommendation? Yes. If you want something, like, kind of trashy, sort of soap opera-y, it reminded me a lot of Sharp Objects. If it wasn't as well put together, I guess, there was just too much going on in this show. (laughs) That by the time I was watching the series or the season finale, I was texting my friend Alexa, who had recommended it to me. By the time I would send her a text, I'd look back up to the screen and something else insane would have happened. I'm like, shit, I gotta text her about this now. Every two seconds, something crazy happened. It was fun. I was thinking about watching that one show. The one show that's on Netflix that you were like, I watched Amanda's video. It seems boring except for the end. Oh, Behind Her Eyes? Yeah. I think I might just watch Amanda's video. I have so many other things to watch. I'm just like, I don't want to be bored for six episodes and then have one really good 30-minute excitement. (laughs) When she says it's not even 30 minutes, it's the last 10 minutes. Oh, then yeah, I might just watch her video. There's a really bizarre twist that happens at the very end. What is it? Tell me. I don't know the premise of the show, though. Oh, I thought you said you were watching it. No, I'm not watching it at all. I hadn't decided if I was going to (laughs) start. Oh, okay. So just from what I can gather from Amanda's video, there is this woman. I think her name was Louise. She accidentally hooks up with her boss, doesn't find out it's her boss until the next day, then ends up like, in a friendship with his wife, who seems to be being abused, I guess. She, like, isn't allowed to leave the house, and he's really weird about her, like, making sure she takes her meds. I'm trying to think of anything that happens in between there that is, like, of importance. No, it's fine. How does it end? Well, there's one more character that I forgot about. There's a guy, I think his name was John. It's implied that, like, something bad happened to John, and it seems like the wife and husband are involved and someone's being blackmailed. You find out later. Apparently, there's some form of, like, weird astral projection body swapping going on. I guess this is a sci-fi show, which I had no idea. And John, the wife's friend, is in love with her husband, so he body swaps himself into the wife and then pushes his body, who now has her mind, I guess, into a well. So he dies physically, but he's actually trapped inside of this lady, so now he gets to be with the dude. This seems dumb. And then the dude figures this out. And he's like, I don't want to be with you. I want to be with that girl I was having the affair with. But then he just astral projects into her and kills the other body. Oh my There's so much happening. God. I know, and apparently this is all covered in the last, like, 10 to 20 minutes. I'm like, this is too much. Okay, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't watch it's it. It's so okay. hard to explain, too, without seeing the show, just with seeing Amanda's video. Like, where do I even begin? <laughs> but yeah, he gets away with it. He, pro- like, astral body swaps into Louise, and then they drive away at the end, and the husband doesn't know it's still John. I I don't know. There's 
It seems problematic, I guess. Yeah, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I passed. Yeah, it's a book if you would (laughs) like to read the book. I don't know how they pull that off with the, like, body swapping stuff, though. Yeah, very strange. Usually I'll have a drink when we watch Bachelor, Michelle, Sarah, and I. I think, yeah, that's probably the only other time is if, like, I know you, me, and Lauren are, like, gonna watch a movie that's really silly. I'm like, oh, I'll pick up a six-pack on the way home, or, oh, I've got White Claws hidden somewhere. Dude, do you remember when we watched, I don't remember which Twilight we were watching, but I had, like, a, I had, like, a, a breakthrough. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the very last I one. I was so when drunk. the movie's, like two and a half hours long and then at the end we just went in immediately went into like a 30 minute long therapy (laughs) session i was like okay sounds like she needs this let's go that's pretty funny we didn't watch a lot of those kinds of movies growing up you and your family watched a lot of like never-ending story and like stuff like that we watched like taxi driver I grew up weird. We watched a lot of like random eclectic things, but I realized a lot of the eclectic things that we watched that we really liked, like Return to Oz and The Neverending Story, were things that Michelle and I just found at the library. We liked the cover and so we watched it and we just like became obsessed. Ooh, I did watch Return to Oz. I watched it with my dad's girlfriend, so my sister's mom. Holy shit, it's scary. Those wheelers. I don't even remember that. I have blocked out so much of it. I remember Fair Use of Bulk plays Dorothy in it because I'm in love with her. The girl from, like, The Craft and Waterboy. Mm-hmm. She's just, ugh, I want her to murder me. She seems like the type. Uh, I heard the new Craft movie was awful. They're, like, weird reboot sequel thing. I watched a video on it. It didn't look bad. It just looked like it was a little bit kind of muddled. Like, they they just needed to sort of pick a direction. The one review I watched for it talked about how they were disappointed because they made it so similar to the first movie, but didn't do, like, build up their relationship or, like, build up their power. So it wasn't something that they earned like they do in the first one. Yeah, it's just they're all powerful and they don't need to learn anything and they've just been, like, born with these and know how to use them. I'm like, that's not fun for an origin story. That's fun for if we've, like, already established this world. Like the the Winx series, the Netflix one, it seems like it would have worked better as that. I don't know anything about that except that it's based on a cartoon, right? So there used to be a cartoon called the Winx Saga. Yeah, I didn't know about it either, but um, I've watched the cartoon a couple times because Jen's youngest boy really likes, or not youngest, uh, that one's too, uh, middle, Eli, really likes... Um, like stuff with fairies and like My Little Pony and She-Ra oh, and cool. stuff like that. So I, I know I've watched it with him. But it, it seems harmless enough. The new one just seems kind of goofy and pointless. Yeah, it, di- it just didn't seem like it was for me. So I didn't bother. Yeah, probably for people who have actually seen the series. Or teenagers. And I am neither. We are very scatterbrained today, yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't really, like, chat-chatted in a while, so this is normally what happens. We're making bonus material. Okay, damn. I'm sorry that this is the bonus podcast now. Should we Just change kidding. our names? <laughs> Should we get a new logo? Fuck. I feel like my parents are very confused about the bonus episodes. Like, I tried to explain it to my dad. He just kept saying, it was so much shorter. And I was like, yeah, Dad, we didn't but... actually cover a movie. I know that my friends really like them. I know Ryan especially is like, these bonus episodes are hilarious. Like, thank you for listening. I love you. They are pretty funny. It's just us going know, off on tangents. Part of the show. People don't want to talk about horror. Boo, horror. So horror is lame. Cancel this show.
And I think DC is trying to course correct. But I think the problem is they're trying way too hard to interconnect in the way that Marvel is. And I feel like they should just let... We don't need it. If they want to connect, that's fine. They can do essentially what like the CW did where they had all their separate shows and they didn't really interact. And then like they'd have one big special where they'd like come up with a thingamajig that brought them all together. That's all they need to do for these movies is they can each have a separate story and then have a, a MacGuffin show up that brings them all together and they can have a story together. That's fine. That would work. I think what I'm learning, though, from just the past couple years is that their standalone movies, like Joker and Birds of Prey, have just done so much better, or at least I've liked them so much better than the rest, that I think they should just keep going with that course. I think so, too. Well, I think the problem, too, is, like, they just rushed it so much that, like, I had no connection to Superman. Like, when he died, I was like, I'm really not that sad. Yeah, like, okay, finally. The world missed him, and I'm like, do they miss him? Or do they just miss, like, someone dealing with all their problems for them? You know, cigarette smoking can lead to, if you already have signs of dementia, if you don't stop smoking, it'll increase them. That's why Marilyn went uh, south so fast. Whoa, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not surprised. I just didn't know it. That's crazy. Yeah, and we were like, Marilyn, stop smoking. And she was like, there's dogs running around my house. We're like, no, you have dementia. We don't have a dog. Oh my gosh, speaking of smoking being bad for you, I'm rereading Woman on the Edge of Time. There's a little bit of time travel sort of in it. It's hard to explain but essentially like somebody from the future kind of like because the character you're following Connie uh, she's considered a catcher so people um, in the future that are seekers they can like throw out a signal and connect to people in the past that are catchers. This guy from the future like she mentions like he sees her smoking and freaks out. He's like oh my god what are you doing? Like that's so bad for you and he's just like I've heard a lot of weird things about the past but they can't be true. I heard that like you guys shit in your water supply. She's like well yeah I go in the bathroom and it goes down to the sewer and he's like that's disgusting (laughs) it's so funny i'll have to look this book up i don't think i've ever heard of it yeah i really like it i'll add it to the list we gotta win that challenge and it's great because connie is actually consuela so she's i think she's actually from mexico or is she mexican-american no i think she's from mexico it's really good it's a really good social commentary on the mental health system and like what it's like to be like an immigrant it's very interesting i like it a lot and then it has like those few future elements where like things in the future are better like sort of but then things kind of change and you learn more that you haven't seen before it's it's good i like it i'm gonna add it to my goodreads list while i'm thinking about it yeah i'm listening to it on audiobook right now oh okay Maybe I'll I'll just go put a hold on it then if it's... They talk a lot about how they no longer, like, physically give birth to children anymore. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of even the playing field because now women aren't held to, like, just being birthing machines. And, like, you have to submit to get a child. You and three other people raise that child together. And everyone's considered a mother, no matter your gender. Ooh, okay. I like that. I'm a mother now. Fuck, I'm your mom. It's very interesting. You're my father? Oh, Boo Radley. Love that guy. He saved all them kids. Did you read the sequel? Okay, so I think you got it for me for like Christmas or something. But it was, you got it because you pre-ordered it. Because I think I bought a copy for me and I bought a copy for you, I think. Yeah, and you read it right away. And you and my mom both were like, um, if you want to love these characters still, maybe don't read this. I never bothered. I I think my grandma has it right now because she just read To Kill a Mockingbird. And I was like, oh, here, I've got the sequel if you want something else to read. If I go into talking about whatever it was called, I'm going to talk about it forever. But go set a watchman. Conflicted feelings about it. 
Wait, did you see the rant that Tim Ryan went on about it, though, when he was talking to... Is he in the House or the Senate? I don't follow politics because it hurts my head now. I can't remember. Um, I think he's yeah, a... Yeah, he's a... Senator? He's a congressman. Congressman, okay. But he basically was that like, works. you goddamn people don't want to help anybody, but if this were a tax cut, you'd be lining up to vote yes. Quit talking about Dr. Seuss and help some people. I was like, I love that this man is representing Ohio. Thank you, sir. It's just one of those things that if you think too hard about it, it, it will break your heart. Oh, yeah. That's why at this point, like, I know it's just because of my own privilege that a lot of stuff I don't have to follow along with, but, like, I can't fucking keep up with politics anymore or I will kill myself. It's so hard to make a change when the system is so against you. It's just against wanting to help people. It's crazy. You do what the French do and you fucking kill them. Take them to the square, get a guillotine, cut off their head, teach them a fucking lesson. I think we should just do murder. And now they're trying to make voting harder. And I'm just like, if you're a Republican... Voter suppression isn't real. Donald Trump won the election. It's fine if you have conservative views and you think government should be smaller. You know what? I'm I'm fine on that. Abortion thing I have problems with because it's the whole thing that you want the government to stay out of your business. But if the government tells you, you know, like, this person who doesn't affect you is welcome to do what they want, you're just like, meh. Right, like, you're just controlling what other people are doing. And I understand that that's a gray area because they're like, well, it's murder. And like, no, scientists say it's not murder. You don't believe in science anymore because of that, so. I watched a video. Somebody was outside screaming at Pro-Life Matters protesters because they said, if this was important enough to you, you would go and risk jail time and break into that building. But you won't. Well, I don't know that- Because if you believe that there is murder happening, and they think that only people going to Planned Parenthood have abortions, it's not It's not like they do a whole bunch of other stuff. Those people, if they really believed there was murder happening, they would do more than just stand outside and try to block traffic. Well, there are also the crazy people who bomb those buildings. But that brings up the same argument that that's people true. are like- But yeah, that's that same concept of like, if I'm- dangling like a human fully grown baby and a petri dish off a cliff which one are you gonna go for when i try to drop them both they're gonna try to catch the baby because it's a real human and the other thing is a clump of cells we have gone off on a lot of tangents today to to close our tangent i saw a video where someone was like what if when you die and they say you see like the light at the end of the tunnel it's actually just like the light coming out of your new mom's vagina and you're being reborn oh yeah you sent me that and i was like i'm gonna skip this TikTok because I don't want to think about that right now. I don't need a <laughs> crisis today. You should put that amateur sketch of a leprechaun up on the uh, Instagram. The what? From that video like years and years ago when there was like a leprechaun and- Oh, oh, okay. I can't remember where. Yeah, I can do that as like a guess what movie we're watching. Okay, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go save the picture now. That's hilarious. We have an amateur sketch and it is the- most poorly drawn sketch of all time. It's so funny. Have y'all seen a leprechaun say, yeah, yeah? It's such a funny news piece. We need to keep local news alive or else we won't get gems like that. Oh, and I finished Shit's Creek last night and it was so good and I cried. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why do I hate Shit's Creek? I don't hate it. I'm just indifferent to it. I wonder if, like, your expectations are just too high for it being, like, a straight-out, like, laugh-out-loud comedy. I view it as a very charming good time. 
Maybe I just don't want to have a good time? I don't know. I laughed so hard last night because in the finale episode, Patrick gets his fiance David a massage because he knew David would be stressing out the day of their wedding. When Patrick comes back from him like going and handling things, David is like super mellow and happy. David's like, he was like, you know, I've had a lot of massages before, but I've never had one with a happy ending. What? And Patrick's like, what? He was like, you didn't pay for that? He's like, well, I, I mean, I put a bunch of money in an envelope and I said, take care of him. And then he said, oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> and I just laughed so hard. It was so funny. Uh, all right. That sounds pretty funny. The bachelor party episode is really funny. They go to an escape room because it's what Patrick wants to do and nobody else wants to do it. Halfway through, David just gets really into it. It's just so funny. He opens this book and he goes, just goes, yes! God. Yeah, it was funny. It was very cute. And I cried. One of my friends is trying to rope me into going to an escape room with her and her kids. And I just don't want to. During COVID time? And I know that, like, that seems okay because you can run out the whole room. So it can, like, just be you guys and the person. But yeah, one, I don't want to go because COVID. And two, I don't want to go because I don't want to escape. Just lock me in the room. I live there now. <laughs> no, it just doesn't. I don't know. I only ever went well, to that escape room once for your birthday, and I know that was a different experience. Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, Lauren and I just locked ourselves in a cabinet. I've done two. So I did the one we did for my birthday, and then I did one with Michael's family. And the one we did with Michael's family definitely wasn't as high quality because it was literally just like in the laser quest. But it was a lot more fun because it was just us. Whereas the one we did at, uh, oh, what's that place called? Something haunted place. Factory Terror, yeah. Yeah, because they do escape rooms in their off season. I feel like maybe if we had chose a different one where it really would have just been our group. I think there were just a lot of us and I didn't expect them to put another group with ours in this room. Yeah, because our group was like not huge, but there were enough of us already. I remember on their website, they said that the room was up to eight people and the group they put us with bumped us up to like 12 people which meant that there wasn't enough for everybody to it do which much. is why it wasn't fun which is why i was hiding in a cabinet the whole time from a zombie man <laughs> i think yeah. my favorite part of that though is like the second it ended he just went completely out of character and was just our buddy i was like no you were just chasing me for like half an hour fuck you yeah i do an escape room again sarah is doing a virtual escape room for her friend's birthday and i asked her how does that work and sarah went I don't know. Yeah, she's gonna have to let us know. I'm waiting to see how it turns out. Because I was really interested, but then I was like, how How do you do that virtually? Is it just everybody's on the computer point and clicking? I was like, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. It's like they send you your own, like, saw care package chain yourself up and then figure out how to get out we'll put jigsaw on the computer screen i don't know how it works but i know you can buy like escape room in a box like you can buy murder mysteries in a box thank you for listening to this week's episode of horror struck next week we are back with one of our normal episodes We'll be covering the 2014 film, The Taking of Deborah Logan, which is a Riley pick. Was it terrifying? Probably. All right, horror fans, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Horrorstruck. If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram, where we are at Pod, or you can check us out on Facebook at Podcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own horror-struck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, 
stay spooky. Goodbye!